a hatchet as sharp as a devil himself. Don't misbehave. That's not illegal. And I love that car more than I love hip. You know the night, huh, Ted? I've got to get out of here. Oh, really? Welcome back to Cocktail Cinema, folks. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Bright. And as always, I am here with my close buddies, Greg and Shotzi. Hey, hey. Oh, what up, what up? Where are we at? Where are we at? Here we are. Uh, how are we doing? We're at here. Okay. Yeah. How are we doing? Looking good out there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you guys look good back there. Hey. We got, that, got that nice background going. Got those new photos up. Got a nice haircut. Yeah, you look looking, looking sharp. Mm. Fresh cut. So today, we're going to just dive into it. This is the, I think this will be the second episode of our Summer of Rodriguez and Tarantino. We're doing six episodes, three on uh, Robbie and three on Quentin. We're just going to dive into some of their well-known movies, some of the ones that aren't as well-known, and just do our thing. Yeah. Today, Mm -hmm. we are talking about a collab project with them two and two other directors called Four Rooms, kind of a, a sleeper. A sleeper project. Mm-hmm. Not even really a sleeper hit, just a sleeper project. Early, early. Yeah, so uh, uh, Four Rooms came out in 1995. If you remember our Desperado episode, uh, Robbie Rodriguez had to step away from directing that for a couple of days so that he could do his part in this movie. Um, the first part of this film is uh, directed by Allison Anders. She has the first room. The second room is directed by Alexander Rockwell. The third room is directed by Robbie Rodriguez, and the fourth room is directed by Quentin Tarantino. It is loosely based on the adult short stories of Roald Dahl, everybody's favorite... uh, Roald Dahl. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll get into Roald Dahl later. I got stuff to say. Um, But back to formula, this movie had a $4 million budget, and box office was 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 very meager it was only 4.25 million dollars mm, ouchie yeah kind of rough mm-hmm. got their money back but just barely. just barely which you know surprising considering who's in this flick yeah. uh we got we got a couple of names here don't we homie yeah yeah yeah. so i mean it's gonna be quick because there's so much to get through um tim roth is the bellhop that's the, pretty much the guy you need to know mm-hmm. um sammy davis amanda kadame valerie golino madonna mm-hmm there's Madonna. Paid her. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Taylor. Alicia Witt. David Praval is as Siegfried. And I think he did a really good job in this one. Uh Jennifer Beals is Gloria's wife. Um Antonio Banderas to move on from there. Um mm-hmm. Tamlin Tomita, his wife. Lana McKissick. Selma Hayek is just on the TV dancing, you know. Nice like, little casual cameo. Like Josh yeah. talked about, there's there's a lot going on in this time for both Robbie Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, so it's kind of they shout out each other quite a bit in this movie. But mm-hmm. I think after um, Dust of Dawn, before Pulp Fiction, yeah. mm-hmm. right in there, you're talking about they were filming for Desperado mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a little comic re- relief with Kathy Griffin as Betty, Marissa Tomei sitting mm-hmm. in the middle like yeah, a, some yeah. stoner chick, you know, hanging out. Um, right, and it gets into Quentin Tarantino. You know how he likes to be a part of his own movies. We'll get yeah. into that downfall or upswing later. Um, Paul Calderon and the guy we have to talk about a little bit here at the end is Bruce Willis because he's uncredited in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, I don't know if that's because of contractual agreements or where his movie placed, or if it's just kind of a filler, or because he you plays were, rules. You were talking about this a little bit, Shasti. Yeah, you? he's he he did it for free essentially. We said this is right before Pulp Fiction. I don't know exactly what cards fell into place for him to be 
you know, you'd think that's like, well, we're in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm free. Right. Yeah, I'll hop on set for your yeah, yeah for oh, a day of oh, filming. Oh, four, four, four uh, directors are directing, right. you know, a quarter each of this movie. Sure, I'll jump yeah. in on the last and quarter. And get comfortable to work with that, you know, just... Yeah, his role was really yeah. basic and was able to freestyle off. Yeah. So, like, maybe things fell into place in that way. But, but long story short, he was, he was not paid. He mm-hmm. offered his services for free to Tarantino Bruce. and the Screen Actors Guild, the SAG. Mm-hmm. Wow, they they have some stipulation or rule that discredits an actor from being in a film if they're not paid or contracted, mm, right. because all the contracting goes cool. through the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, and yeah. in turn, I believe that's how like the cast list has to be approved. Or that whatever. makes sense. Well, shout out to uh, yeah, no, it's kind really of, kind of the actors' one, union. Yeah. 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 What do, with, I mean, with all with that whole list, this is well well after Die Hard. Even if all yeah, these other yeah, movies are yeah, getting yeah. getting their start, so I mean, I think that's really cool. A cool thing to mention. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis of all people, mm-hmm. not, not on it. And he's funny as hell. So funny, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's like that's John McClane after he gets off work. Like I'm yeah, drunk, right. I'm not coming home. Holly, 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 this. Well, I mean, yeah. we could we could probably make make a, make a fan theory here where. Uh, John McClane, it, that takes place on Christmas, first yeah. Die Hard. This is just seven days later. True that. Cause, True that. So I'm really bad at segues. I have really bad balance. So here we are. Uh, <laughs> this film takes place on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you drink on New Year's Eve? Champagne. Ooh, so we have ourselves go. a champagne cocktail. Uh, All right. So, so I'm calling this one the bellhop. We have half an ounce of Pama. Uh, you know, normally we do, uh, you know, less expensive liqueurs, but Pama's worth it. Trust me. You only need a little bit. It's another one like Canton. We use a little bit of it, and it goes a long way. So we have a half ounce of, of uh, Pama. We have three ounces of Sprite, sponsored by Coca-Cola yet again, and uh, three ounces of dry champagne. Uh Pour it all over ice, give it a quick stir, and there's your bellhop. There's your bellhop. Mmm. Nice and tangy. So is Pama uh, got is ourselves Pama, like, a... Uh, for, uh, like pomegranate liqueur? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so Pama's uh, kind of a sweeter uh, pomegranate That's liqueur. That's delicious, yeah. yeah. Um, not quite like grenadine. Grenadine is very syrupy. Yeah. Pama's more of a true liqueur. Oh, yeah. Spot on, sir. There's your there's your champagne cocktail. There's your bellhop. That's that bellhop. I'm the bellhop. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got with the. I'm the bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we? I'm the bellhop. Oh, it'll. I'm Ten sure it'll, more. He he pops up a lot in this movie, so he's gonna be popping up a lot in conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the bellhop. <laughs> he's gonna be hopping. I'm the say. bellhop. Um, I'm done. I'm done. So <laughs> this movie is pretty evenly segmented between these rooms, and. You know, uh, critics are uh, are kind of split on how they feel about the movie. Most people say the first two rooms are kind of subpar, and the second two rooms are, you know, solid. Is the kind of stuff you expect from Tarantino and Rodriguez. Um, so that first room, uh, directed by Allison Anders, uh, movie kind of starts off introducing Tim Roth as the bellhop. Yeah. And explaining where the term bellhop comes from. This drink is really good. I got to do this one real quick. <laughs> For for the old listeners. Champagne, champagne cocktail. <laughs> all right, all right. I forgot. I had to throw that one in there. Yeah, that yeah. first one was a little bit... Um, it was interesting to see all the people walking. You don't really know what's going on because enter mm-hmm. one lady friend with like her... 
what she says is her daughter. Now it's her lesbian lover. Mm-hmm. And then Madonna's in next. And then another woman. And then another woman. And then another woman. And they're pretty much all just trying to bring to life a other witch. So this yeah, coven they're, seems to be very miscued. They're but, hippie witches. Yes. And, them, uh, for sure. Uh, there were four more breasts in this movie than I had remembered. Remembered. <laughs> um, so that was that was a little bit of a shocker. Uh, glad my son wasn't home. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting to note that like these are based on Roald Dahl books essentially, and you know he he wrote The Witches. I'm pretty sure. So this is a nice little connection to to that. Um, and it's very much in his style. I. I think that as we go on, we get further into his style. But this is a good introduction to this is what Roald Dahl does for adults. So overall, I I didn't hate it. You know, it's not bad. It was skewed. So what do you mean it was an adult um, series or? So how, do you, right. how did you write that? Because, yeah, I want to hear what you say <laughs> first before I say it. All right. So Roald Dahl, uh, he, he was known as, for being a, a children's author, but he did write adult short stories. Okay. So some of these are actually based on stuff that he wrote and some of it is just based on his style like i'm pretty sure uh the third room is actually based on an actual short story um but across the like so in the states here we know him as that that kid's author but across the pond he was a much bigger star for the adults to the point where um i'm going to go down a little bit of a if you remember our old uh our old suburbanite insight podcast you're going to get a mini version of it here real quick um, so before the United States entered uh, World War II, Roald Dahl was, uh, we'll say, he, he joined up uh, uh, in, with a new uh, portion of the British Army that was known as the Ministry of Gen- uh, Ungentlemanly Warfare. Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. So it was like him and the guy that wrote uh, James Bond. And the guy that James Bond was based on, just a whole bunch of like really big uh, celebrities in Britain that came to the United States and seduced the wives of powerful men and tried to convince them to tell their husbands to join the war. Mm. So like our vision of Roald Dahl is like the BFG, whereas in Britain <laughs> he's like a rock star. Yeah. So this is absolutely in his vein, yeah. you know, topless witches. Kind of his style. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. I mean, I didn't know that about him in general, but I think with the first scene kind of throwing some people off, or even just the whole accumulation of them, it's mm-hmm. it, the first one definitely sets the tone for this mm-hmm. adult. You're you're getting four adult short short stories yeah. mm-hmm. that all sure. are in one setting, right. and it's, yeah. it's a you know what I mean I feel like, I feel like for. Uh, any downside that the critics gave it or that audience gave it, it was mm-hmm. just not even realizing that, okay, there's four directors directing yeah. a, four different mm-hmm. scenes of this movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Knowing that even says But a even lot, as a, you know, any critic, you can't, we've talked about this, you have to judge the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. True. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. True. But so this like, one's going to be, it's going to be fun going back in and kind yeah. of talking about each director's style. Agreed. Yeah. Based on this, this, these original stories, you know? mm-hmm. and I think I think the coven, not the oven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it really sets the tone for Agreed. what you don't even expect. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. the culmination to to come to. I agree. I agree. And it it really, even if you don't know, it's based on Roald Dahl's work. It's got that kind of aloof 
uh, feeling to yeah, it yeah. that is very much present in his books. Mm -hmm. So even if you're like subconsciously, you know more or less what to expect. Something you're you're expecting a wacky element. You're expecting mm -hmm. you're expecting things to be just on this side mm -hmm. of believable. You and know? the movie starts out without even being in a room, being pretty much warned by the old bellhop who mm -hmm. said, "I've been doing this for 50 years. I met this guy." I met he gave him a list of rules not to break. And mm -hmm. room one, he slept with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. slept with the slept with the guest. Broken the rule. He, he's breaking rules across the board. Mm -hmm. um, and the dude is by the end of it, he realizes like he just wants that side cash, like yeah. that extra money, <laughs> yeah. like the tip thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. His eyes light up when when the when the old Bauhaus mm -hmm. tells him about you know putting your hand out for the tips. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. see throughout the whole movie how he's just like. He progresses yeah. into his He's scared own for his life, but an extra hundred hours, <laughs> like, all right, fuck my job. Right, 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 right. He's, he's, uh, you know, anything for the almighty dollar. Yeah, he has to grab, know? when he walks in, he has to grab the, the tip out of, um, what's her name's boobs? Madonna's mm -hmm. boobs. What's yeah. Her name? yeah. You know, he, 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 makes, he makes a little gesture, a little extra there, you know, whatever. Um, but then he ends up having to have sex with this mm -hmm. other witch. Because she sp she swallowed the seed. I <laughs> love that she rhymed it. They, they all did. It was so fantastic <laughs> for sure. Your rules I had not followed. Something, something. But I, was so I was so hot <laughs> and I swallowed. <laughs> we told you not yep. to put those things in your mouth? Yep. Yeah, through, throughout the whole movie, they do callbacks like that too. Like the cherry barrette that she was mm -hmm. wearing that goes back into like the third scene or third room, I should say. Fourth mm -hmm. room. The cherries yeah, get hung up. Yeah. They it seemed like they had a lot of fun with this one. I mean, I, I, obviously Tarantino was like, I think one of the editors and mm -hmm. Rodriguez was a producer or vice versa. And um, then, yeah. And then all four of them helped write each scene. Yeah. Yeah. So their hands, their, their, their fingerprints are on everything. Mm. It's just the, the director of that, that room got final say. Mm. But before we move on to the next room, I, I would like to say that I think this is, is the beginning of the twee period for film. So, uh, like you look at you look at a movie like the Grand Budapest Hotel or the Darjeeling Unlimited, um, or Darjeeling Limited, the one about the train. Um, but but it's it's very much the early stages of that kind of filmmaking, and I think it's what inspired those directors. Is even though this isn't a very like well known movie, it's a director's movie. It's a yeah. filmmaker's film. Yeah. And I think it's it's like uh, you know talking to musicians uh, about you know bands like Fish mm. or about Spinal Tap about Spinal <laughs> Tap you know it, it it's the the people Huey that Lewis they the listen to <laughs> that they use for inspiration yeah so it, you know this is this is one of those one of those projects where the style very much influences other directors yeah agreed and i think it's something special to be said for these four directors that share the same space i think we'll get into that more at the end mm -hmm. um the <clears throat> first one first room i thought honestly was probably the weakest one i'd agree out of the four i uh, hate to do it that bad right off the bat but it was fun it was entertaining obviously there's boobs so i mean guys like to watch that kind of stuff and i don't know i was not pleased and also there was, was a difficult. there was a woman power empowering kind of thing there too as well so yeah, no. <laughs> number one was number one was a little bit iffy. It was it was just it, it was jarring. The I I wasn't expecting it, and part of that is you know the wacky style. Mm -hmm. But when you walk into a movie expecting one thing, yeah. and then you forget that there's boobs like right off the bat, <laughs> it it'll it'll throw you. It'll throw you. Oh yeah. And like it's it's not like I 
I wasn't turned on during this sequence. Yeah, no, I'm not just at all. I'm just uncomfortable. And maybe that's the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I'm I'm almost as uncomfortable as Ted is trying to cover her up. <laughs> like can we I I know this isn't what we're going for. <laughs> like right, I think we should segment that into room two. Yeah. Or you mean room four oh four? Four oh four. Well technically four oh nine. No, it should be it should have been the, the chapter is, yeah. But... The chapter is four oh four, but I well, think the room they're in is four oh nine. Yeah, yeah. four oh nine. So that's, this is the one with Siegfried and yeah. his wife. Um, Roy. <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> the, the tigress. Kiva? No. Um, Jennifer. This stuff got crazy in there right away. Mm-hmm. Um, he walks in. As if the Coven room. of Witches wasn't crazy enough. This one, this <laughs> right. one takes you by storm even well, more. Well, at least he got laid before that, so he was like set up and like even keel to try to go into the second room. Like he was like he's floating on on bubbles right there. <laughs> he goes in the second room, he's got a gun in his face. And he's not like as a, a spunky, cl- you could say. A, yeah, yeah, I guess for sure. And then you got a closet homosexual rubbing a gun in your face. Is he really though? We'll talk. Is he really? I do believe. He's I been kissed twice. There's a lot of talks about, um, quote unquote, cocks. That's yeah. cocks. That's male chickens for all you children listening. <laughs> Roosters. Well, I see. I think there's two chapters that are kind of loosely based on, or, or loosely uh, addressing um, s- sex culture, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because you know it, there there's kinks out there for everybody. You know, everybody's got their thing. Where we're all aware that Josh likes to be abused. Um, <laughs> so real quick, I I don't want to cut you off, but when you say when you say two when you say when you say two of them, are you referring to the witch scene and this? Uh, no, I'm, I'm okay, actually then. referring to I, I'm referring Finally. to the, the next yeah okay keep chat, going. room three. Oh, you're right. I was so, going to touch back, but keep going. No, just, yeah, so like it, totally right. Make that argument because I like where that's going. Because that's where because she should have been the fourth. One I have too. a second tally. Sexual. I have a second tally on, on like when I'm going back and reviewing it this time. At this mm-hmm. point, I have okay. This is the second sex culture. Not to mm-hmm. say you know a yeah. coven of witches is yeah. sex culture, but I mean no, that but, that whole scene was based around. Was when, based around and they have women no shirts on. Yeah. This second scene. Whatever. Keep yeah. keep saying what you're. No, you're not. You're not wrong. And I I actually didn't even think about that. But I appreciate addressing sex culture in such a. It's not a subtle way at all. Yeah. But it is very delicate and graceful because, in, you know, in the first one we have our we have our uh, feminists that are not put in a they're not put in a dark light. They just they're trying to accomplish a goal. And he happens to be uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, in in this second room, we have a couple who their thing is to bring someone in and make them fear for their lives, which and then, pretty sure that's a turn, crime. But and then in turn, make you feel for their lives, <laughs> right? And then get weirded out by the weird nature that he wants to make mm-hmm. nibble on his wife's ear and then kiss you afterwards. It's, it's a ton of tension. Yeah. A ton of tension, no release. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 really edging himself that's pretty hard. Get, that's probably that release that you're talking about. That 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 build 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 release is. Yeah. That, I think that's why the final episode got closed that fast. Uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, this, is, this is the easiest shit I've ever done. I have a different theory about put a, this. Right? Put a cleaver in that one because we're going to come back All to right. that. Not a hatchet? Not, not a hatchet, That's not right. a pen. Put a cleaver in it. A hatchet as sharp as the devil himself. Hmm? Mm-hmm. A hatchet as sharp as the devil <laughs> and the bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I I do appreciate that it's it's being talked about and nobody's ever being shamed throughout the entire movie. 
Ted is just trying to understand and he's incapable of it. But they never they never make any of these people out to be bad people. They never make them make their desires out to be wrong. Right, right. Like right. it's just this is the way they are. And the only the only time we can kind of touch on the third room now, the only time Antonio Banderas is is portrayed as a bad person is because it's implied that his job involves killing people. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's going he's going to a coke orgy. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Don't you want to go where the rainbow ends? <laughs> no, Seriously. we can't stop here. This well, is that's what play. Mother and I will be back later on. Maybe. 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 Right. But the whole time it's like you want to go have fun. It's New Year's yeah. Eve. They yeah. got a hotel room downtown with the family mm-hmm. to have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when he asked her and the music plays, like, do you want to go have fun? And mm-hmm. she's like, yes. It's like yeah. eyes, eyes wide shut. Like, yes. We, we just talked yes. on that with the, with the Kubrick with the Kubrick director's car. It's it like, very that's, that's what it reminded me right there. Right. And that's leading into this one. It's mm-hmm. It's not an obvious thing mm-hmm. but with who they find in the bed mm-hmm. and what that mm-hmm. what their profession yes. possibly was you know what i mean it's yeah. still this scene is still kind of based around whatever sex culture yeah. or, or lifestyle mm-hmm. that 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 this scene's living and i think it builds up interesting mm-hmm. interestingly towards the end but well and especially like robbie knows how to use a set mm-hmm. oh and this is robbie's yeah so the robbie's room three or, or chapter three mm-hmm. is misbehaviors and it's re- it really focuses on two kids and tim roth and a dead hooker um <laughs> maybe, allegedly. allegedly that's right well well they're, they're call girls when they're alive what's archer say call girls when they're alive <laughs> Ooh, we are. Oh, this is a rough one. Well, we're good. This, um, honestly, this is my favorite one. Uh, I think we're quite. I agree. Rob, yeah, Robbie, I agree. Uh, the the way these kids, the, their short leash that is to be expected out of a guy like Antonio Banderas in this in this mm-hmm. time frame is spot on. And those kids are great actors, especially yes. the, the daughter. Yes, they're so good. Dude. Yeah, the oldest so daughter, good. like she's perfect. She's like, she's fuck so, you, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> she is that. Uh, she's that cute. Head? She's that cute head. daughter that like when you. You smile when yeah. you your dad and you leave the room and she just yeah. is becomes the most evil and, little devil. Little, yeah, just smoking and cigarettes so nonstop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your feet smell. Nah, your feet smell. So this, yeah. the, I, just, the, I, I love this one. Yeah, I saw this movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I've seen this movie a million times. It's probably the most watched movie I've that we've covered. Mm-hmm. But it's always like I know this is Robbie's scene. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But thinking back, even when you brought it up and you said that we're gonna be doing four rooms. Mm-hmm. I think of this scene instantly right. when they find right. the woman, the, the dead woman in yeah, the bed, and the bellhop. About the fourth. This is after this is after the the little girl right here already calls our bellhop boy. You know what I mean? And he comes up, and when he starts puking, when he sees the, oh, yeah, right he's away. like, oh my god! <laughs> and there's puke just coming out of his mouth, and he's, as he's, I love that. Like after two two little kids have like <laughs> yeah. like slapped him, made him like she's still drinking champagne, he's still smoking. Cigarettes. Yeah, but it's it's some something like that. Like that always yeah. stands out to me. And I always think like. It's a Tarantino movie, yeah. mm-hmm. even though there's four four directors. It's a Tarantino yeah. film mm-hmm. written, you know what I mean? Everything and it's They'd like, okay on everything, like yeah. I always think Robbie Rodriguez's part is like that's the Tarantino mm-hmm. part of the movie for me, and yes, I never right, even right. think yeah, about the right. the ending. I never right. even think about the ending. I always think about mm-hmm. which is Robbie, crazy. It, it's crazy. crazy. It blows my mind. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's like I said, it's my favorite. So yeah. yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, I, this is my favorite part. Like when I think about this movie, it's like oh, it's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Why? And it's because of the third scene, it's like okay, because right. of Robbie Rodriguez. Because that Robbie. Well, and that's that's what's funny about about their minutes. friendship and yeah, their yeah. their professional relationship yeah. is 
when they work together, you get stuff like the misbehaviors, you get Dust Till Dawn, you get Desperado, you get an you all get Selma. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm saying. I mean, uh... yeah, she's in all three of those. She. <laughs> you get Selma, and you get you, you get either Antonio Banderas or George Clooney standing in for Antonio Banderas, and the way they work together when Robbie's directing and Quentin is advising and helping write, yeah. you get yeah, yeah. this. It's a very specific film style that it can't be replicated because these two guys are such strange individuals that only work well together. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And there was a touch on Tarantino on every one of these things. Like we mm-hmm. talked about callbacks, callouts, this, that, and the other. There's even schemes where he's calling out prior movies and getting into further movies mm-hmm. so sh- is this a good time to talk about yeah room, room four? four yeah let's move yeah. on let's move on all right well um this one's kind of <clears throat> funny um ted has now quit or tried to quit with marissa tomei mm-hmm. um on the phone and it turns out it's betty's place which is uh, i'm sorry uh, betty betty uh, is kathy uh, griffin kathy griffin, griffin. she yeah. was she but was talking about, she was uh, a bellboy's co-worker who yeah. took off on new year's eve to have a party yeah. so when bellboy's about to quit he's the only person on duty right mm-hmm. yep so he calls kathy griffin's apartment mm-hmm. and Maris, i didn't realize this Marissa told me oh, until yeah. greg was oh, doing yeah. cast but Marissa, oh i never miss Marissa. <laughs> yeah 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 it's <laughs> not done this one but anyway oh she's there yeah so they call her up and she's like yeah what, what's going on what's going on with your night just chill out ted the the funniest part of this whole thing is that 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 sequence right there is like Ted's now pissed off trying to get a hold of Betty. Mm-hmm. Tome answers the phone all stoned, watching two other girls play fucking video playing games. Mario Kart. Yeah, and you know. And hey, what's going on, Ted? You sound pretty 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 flustered there. Well, goddamn right, I'm fucking flustered, spitting shit out. And what's well, tell me what's going on? And he goes, <laughs> he, he goes on to say like, well, first there was a coven of witches, and I got fucked. I won. That sounds pretty good. Right? <laughs> pretty that good sounds like a good way to start your day. What happened <laughs> yeah, after yeah. that? It's so Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, right. then, right. yeah the, the forward and backwards progression for sure. But yeah, it goes on to to that, and mm-hmm. that that's it's not a big part of the movie, but it's a huge part of the movie. I feel like. But it's so, he's ready to walk out yeah, the door, and she's yeah. like, "Just get a hold of yourself. Everybody at the at the hotel is counting on you." Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go up. And now he's drinking champagne. I'm sorry, Cristal. Cristal. Well, this was uh, their number one client in the yeah, penthouse. Yeah. yeah. You'll yeah, notice that Quentin Tarantino's room is the biggest room. He, just, he, he gave himself he gave himself yeah. the role of the Hollywood's biggest actor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when you when you're drinking champagne, you say champagne. Yes. When you drink Cristal, Cristal, say you're drinking Cristal. He was a prick. He was a prick in this one. He's, I mean, that's Quentin. But I, I love the premise. You know, as far as like that, it, he's a he's the king of making one moment draw be last a lifetime. And mm-hmm. that's what this, his whole segment was. The 25 minutes he was on. His room mm-hmm. was pretty much just filled with dumb banter and stuff you come to expect from expect him. Expect from him. Yeah. The problem is, is like he in his in his full length films, he only plays that part as a 25 minute guy or a 10 minute guy, mm-hmm. and then he's done. He's usually he usually kills himself off or he's just not mm-hmm. a big part of the of the film. And this one, he's nonstop, and it's like annoying as shit for me to look at his face this long because he's got a really punchable face. I love the guy, <laughs> one of my favorite directors of all time. But 25 minutes full of a full of a short segment film like this one, 25 minutes nonstop. Even Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. That's I think that was the kind of the genius part. It's like he finally gave it up to Bruce Willis to give him the. It's like this. Mm-hmm. Light light your lighter ten yeah. times. All right, take your pinky kind of thing. You well, I think we should I think we should we should dive in on that because 
So they, uh, Quentin Tarantino and another character make a bet that's based on an actual Twilight Zone episode called The Man from the South, mm. where Steve McQueen makes a bet uh, where if he can light his, his Zippo ten times in a row without failing, he wins this guy's car. The guy, the guy in the in the episode is named Carlos. I don't remember the actor's name. Um, but if he loses, he gets a finger chopped off. Now, in the Twilight Zone episode, spoilers for like 1968's <laughs> Twilight Zone. Um, <laughs> um, right, right before he gets his finger cut off, this girl bursts into the room and she goes, "Hey, uh, this bet is null and void. Carlos has." Made this bet. He like he had to leave Colombia because he kept making this bet. He's cut off 47 fingers and he's <laughs> lost 11 cars. Damn. And he doesn't even have the car that he's trying to bet That's on. Great. Okay. I have it. It's mine. I won it from oh, him last shit. week. So the guy who's holding the keys and and is like super like overseeing the whole yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of handing the keys to Carlos or Stephen Queen, goes to hand the girl the keys. And she's got only two fingers. She's got Which a thumb she reaches and a out to grab oh, them. Yeah. Damn. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So they put a little bit of a spin on it here. Yeah. Well, and introducing the girl from the second room, the wife of Siegfried, is on That's like, crazy. Josh. Kind of overseeing, overseeing anything. She's pretty much stark naked. Right, right, right. She's, she's overseeing too, and the bellhops are kind right. of like mm-hmm. to do the dirty, the, yeah. the dirty deed. Mm-hmm. And some people would say that Bruce Willis, even though he's like the free actor, like we talked mm-hmm. about, like his role. It's kind of useless. He's the narrator. Here, where, where hers is too. But I would argue against it and say no. Like after like hearing about that episode, mm-hmm. they all need to be there for yeah. everything to kind of play out how it does. I agree. Speaking on, agree. on Bruce Willis yeah. a little bit more. So we're talking this is New Year's Day, right? Right, right. So we've right. we've talked about that phone call being possibly to Holly when she he goes off <laughs> <laughs> from, from Die Hard. Um, you know, this this bitch I mean, Baba. I mean, maybe. Well, he. I mean, it's cool. it's, kinda he cool, was, kinda funky, isn't he supposed funky? to be in L.A., though? Like, yeah. I mean, she's probably upset because there. he left L.A. and went but back to New York. But they're all supposed to be. They're all L.A. people in New York well, he's, yeah. staying at a hotel. You know what I mean? They're Hollywood actors. I'm sorry. I got a little drunk. I had to escort, <laughs> I had to escort these Californians back to the big city. Right, right. <laughs> right. Californians. Right. No, but I think. All right. So we, we obviously talk, touch base on the ending. The guy chopping his finger mm-hmm. off and we touched base on how the first three rooms kind of had this whole like sexual mm-hmm. um tension ex- eccentric yeah. yeah tension for for each one mm-hmm. yep. i think that it is like a mind trip in the sense where the whole time bellhop it like kind of tries to get away can mm-hmm. get away he's out of arm's reach and come is enticed to come back mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you think this is especially knowing tarantino now mm-hmm. you think that this is like going to be like the biggest sex game part of the whole mm-hmm. thing like you're yeah. worried for this dude yeah. and his well-being throughout the whole thing like, make a point like, to say you, we're not going to make you, you suck our dicks <laughs> well whatever you don't think he's you don't think he's about to you don't think he's about to Chop off, you know what I mean? Finger, yeah. Right. Dude's finger. Yeah, spoiler. And obviously, we, we touched about like four different versions. <laughs> Movie's 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. But, um, but, but I think almost that, like, without that ending, it gave Tarantino twice as much suspense. If you saw this mm-hmm. movie before you saw right. Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. now the ending of Pulp Fiction, think about that. Like, watching yeah. this and then being like, oh, I love Tarantino. I'm going to go see his next film. You see Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. 
just the ending of that taking you by storm. Yeah. Ten times harder. And there's yeah. four endings of that movie, and this one has just one. Yeah, yeah. I would say Very, I see I yeah. see his evolution in his own right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With with, with the sure. with the dialogue kind of being the same. The the the. Uh, I think he's still at his best. Here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. I agree. But I think like just like how the ending sets you up here, and mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction comes as such a surprise. Yes. I yeah. think that he. Even without seeing this first, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. That was part of his own personal progression. Yeah, it's part of his journey. Yeah, and it, it it deserves its place in his all in his filmography. Um, and I I think the very last shot of this movie is the most Tarantino thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. So to set to set yeah, the stage, that, that, yeah, yeah. After stage after uh, <laughs> after they make the bet and Ted sees how much money he can walk away with, fuck it. The guy flicks his lighter. It doesn't go. The first time. I love first it. I love flick. it. Because you're like waiting. You think it's going to drag on. You think it's going to get to the on. ninth one. Boom. It's, it's immediate. Shame. And it's it's such a quick cut. And this is why I also go back to this inspired the twee period. Because it's, it's you don't see the chop. You see the lighter. You hear the noise. You go, you, it's a tight, up, a tight shot of Tim Roth. And then he swipes One, two, three. the, yeah. the cash. All the both piles of cash. Yep, yep. Yeah, the hundred yep. and the thousand. All <laughs> yeah. eleven hundo. Yep. And he like cheerio chippy steps his way out. <laughs> yeah, so like, continue click, because click. because picture this. <laughs> so right here. Yeah. He walks he walks happily out the scene mm-hmm. and the camera's yeah. still facing the door yeah. That, yeah. He, that he that he left. Yep. So as he get, when he gets on the elevator, we go from a a, a a mid shot on the elevator to a long shot of the hallway. And it's a stationary cam. The camera's like backed against a wall. Yeah. And all the other characters that are left in the room keep literally falling in and out of frame. Yeah. Because and they're, in and out of, the one of guy's sequence. bleeding out because yeah. he's drunk and just had well, a finger cut also, off. And they said about brought up the bucket of ice. They're yeah. Falling yeah. All over and they, they, oh, they even say, the finger, well, they even you know. say like, it's no big deal. You're making money. Mm-hmm. We're friends. We're gonna be friends after. I can't. I I can't be the one to chop off his finger yeah, because right. we're friends. You have no emotional attachment, yeah. mm-hmm. so take some money. And you do might it. not. He's hesitate. like, we have we have the bucket of ice. Mm-hmm. We can put his hand. In the guy's with a smile yeah. on his yeah. face, like he wants that card. He's like, we can put his hand in the ice and go to the mm-hmm. hospital, and they mm-hmm. can likely sew it on like nothing ever happened. Yep. So right. in that last scene, when it's that stationary shot. They drop the bucket of ice and they try to pick up the yeah, figure yeah, yeah, and yeah. put it back into the bucket. They got the finger and they go back. For it's yeah. it's like they're kicking it or it's like a cartoon. It's like, like the re- the reverse of how carefully yeah, yeah. Marcellus Wallace's case, I think soul is treated in yes, Pulp Fiction. Yes. That it's just this finger tumbles across the floor just like every yeah. one of these actors. Camera doesn't move. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's well, you got to think about uh, you got to think about the mindset of Ted. After everything he's been through that entire night, it's his first day on the fucking job. He has to do this, that, the other. This is the easiest, easiest thing he had to do in his yeah. life is fucking chop and a he pinky quit. Off. He's been yeah. like, <laughs> and he's, he's like, you never, we say this, you never know what happens and he, after. He and he made, sorry, he but he wasn't coming. He's, he oh my god, he's got severance pay. Yeah, right? Right? severance. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Se- severed what pay. He said five hundred from Antonio Banderas. It was another hundred or mm-hmm. hundred or two hundred from the first room from yeah. the Madonna. Madonna okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, he, he came out like two grand. So two hundred. So seven yeah, plus right, eleven. Eighteen. So we got sixteen, seventeen, seventeen, eighteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. That's the easiest thing he had to do. I'm out. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that you know, he quit. Thing, he wasn't yeah. coming back. Yeah. He's yeah. like, they could stiff me and yeah. not pay me a, pay- a paycheck because I only came in one day. He's like, or I could take the seventeen hundred. Like you, Ted is like. He was the most neurotic person ever, and now he's just walking his ass out the room and letting fucking See, Chester well, he builds dude. confidence throughout the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, so when you yeah. look at the first room, he gains confidence with females. Yeah. yeah. In the second room, he gains confidence standing up for himself 
With a gun in, in his face. Yeah, in the yeah. third room, he gains confidence because nothing worse can happen. Yeah. And then in the fourth room, worse happens, and he's like, I got this. I'm just going to cool. fucking dip. I'm going to come out and chop somebody's yeah. finger off. And I, honestly, this is yeah. like one of my favorite endings. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. Like the, the quick way you said, the one zippo light. You think, yep. you think you're so like, like, like yeah. 20 minutes. Like, one like, zippo light, like pissed, like, chop, and these. that ending scene you just described, it's, yeah. it's honestly one of my favorite. It's not even my favorite Tarantino movie it's, by stretch. It's amazing. It's, I'm saying it's one of my favorite endings of all time. Any film. I would agree. Except they call it a hatchet instead of a cleaver. Yeah. Well, whatever. A Maybe it's a book thing. As sharp as a double in <laughs> Well, he's in a he's in a hotel, <laughs> so they have to do what they can. And let's be real here: a cleaver is going to be kept sharper than a hatchet in that scenario, mm, in that yeah. situation. Because if they have no use for a hatchet in New York City, so. Yep, you're not wrong. I mean, if that's if that's our only nitpick, I mean. Uh, First, uh, I, I'm I'm just gonna say it. First two rooms, not too fond of. Second two rooms, some of the most phenomenal filmmaking I have seen to date. Yeah. Yeah, the Robbie and the Tarantino. Yeah. I think I think that out of looking at all four of them, it's kind of like a roll of the dice, just with the format that I set mm-hmm. up. You know, their safe thing was like, I right, Robbie, you're doing the third, I'm doing the fourth. Mm-hmm. But I think the first two, like I said, like I said twice, it really sets the tone mm-hmm. for. Like you said, tension, mm-hmm. tension, tension. It's like that release finally on that one, two, three clip yeah. outro. I, I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm with him on this one. You packed your mind full of a whole bunch of random bullshit mm-hmm. and like things that you didn't think would happen. It's just this one guy. And then to just whistle your way out the door after you take somebody's finger and make fucking $2,000 a night. I'm with it. Now, this is where it gets difficult because we're going to move into our final segment mm-hmm. where we talk tacos. Um... So for those of you who don't know, we rate each movie on out of 100 tacos because tomatoes were already taken, and we record on Tuesdays. We do Ryan Tacos. <laughs> so with so com. on Taco Tuesday, we rate out of 100 tacos. Now remember, we are rating all four I know. rooms. I was going to remind you. This is the tough part. It's the whole movie. Fozzie, take it away. The entire movie. The entirety of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, one and two. Maybe if maybe fell, sh- fell short a little bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think the second one was actually really good. Um, that sequence was phenomenal, and uh, David Proval in that one, mm-hmm. the, the the guy with the gun, great. Um, the outside aspect of that one, where he's in and out, he's trying asking for help, and it's just like so simple. There's so much to love about this this movie as mm-hmm. a whole. Um, it moves fast, you know. It's a chapter session. It's like a it's a grouping of of short mm-hmm. stories, short movies. Um, moves well. It's an anthology. Yeah. Robbie Rodriguez thinks stole the show on this one. I love the. Ending outro, like we were talking about. I think this movie gets a 73 for me. Okay. Um, okay. Solid movie across things. There's a lot to learn from all four directors, and mm-hmm. it was a nice jumping off point for all of them, I think, you know, because it's still early in Robbie and Tarantino's career. You don't hear too much out of the other two as far as what Yeah, I, I don't recognize the other two names. I'll but, have to um, look them up. But I respect Given. You know, mm-hmm. they, they worked with some of the greats. and Agreed. You know, so 70, 73. Master of the Mix? Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 76. Okay. I'll go a little higher than that. I've I've said every reason why I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie's Robbie's scene, like it, it sticks out to me more. I I like mm-hmm. it. I I feel like we do a whole nother fucking like, no, separate podcast just on yeah. that one alone. But usually, usually I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Tarantino over Robbie kind of guy. But right, for, right, the, right. for this one, it's 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 Robbie. And even though I, I feel like I just Put said back back that's my yeah. favorite ending like of any mm-hmm. movie. So mm-hmm. it's like you, mm-hmm. I still yeah. like I still like. 
I like I don't forget about the Coven of Witches either. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I everything yeah. plays a specific role to mm-hmm. kind of put you in this mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you not to expect this ending mm-hmm. and for you to already think you have it figured out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's I think that's the most genius part about these four directors working Agreed. with each other. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And they really did work with each other. Mm-hmm. There's there's touch of yeah. law on there. It's very clear. Very clear. Um I I talked about all the things that really stand out to me. Uh, I'm going to give this a 79. It's not quite an 80. It's not quite a must-see for me, um, but it's a should-see, and it's a very solid should-see. Uh, so 79 tacos out of 100 for your favorite bartender. Rotten Tomatoes, you bastards. They obviously never directed a movie before, right. because this is a movie for direct... I'm just kidding. But <laughs> this, is a this is a film only for... People like us. Yeah, yeah. Not these, film. not these rotten tomatoes over here. <laughs> these jamokes. Yeah, so that's, holy cow. It that only, takes one, hey, it only takes one rotten tomato to ruin a stew. <laughs> I see. 13. It, it mm-hmm. takes a lot to make a stew. There you go. All right. Our Let's next see. movie is going to be Too Many Cooks. No, no, no. Um, you know what? Thanks for joining us, folks. I hope you had a good time. Uh, if you did, smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Dive onto those notifications so you know every time we drop a new video here on YouTube. For those of you listening through your podcast distributor of choice, we see you, we hear you, and we appreciate you for sticking with us through all of our fun times. We got some good stuff coming for you down the road. Um, thanks for watching, boys. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Uh, always come. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming too. Appreciate yes. It. Yes. Uh, this was this was a really fun episode. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie mm-hmm. again, and uh, you know it's just good to be back in the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look forward to it every week. Yeah. Sometimes um, we're going to be talking about Robbie Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino again very soon. So yeah. Yeah. So we are. Yeah. Director's cuts. Mm-hmm. We got the whole month coming off of this yeah. too. Yep. So, so. Yeah. We got uh, six solid episodes of the podcast. We're going to be dedicated to those two guys. Um, and then Tarantino and Rodriguez are both going to get their own episodes of Director's Cut down the road. Uh, so keep your eyes and ears out for that as well. Um, for those of you listening uh, on Patreon, you guys are awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Um, you have really been the light of my life for so long. And uh, for those of you not a part of our Patreon, let me tell you about that. You can support us uh, for as little as a dollar a month. And every dollar goes a long way. We use that to uh, keep the, the website going, keep our hosting going, buy new equipment when we need it, uh, buy ourselves a little liquid courage, we'll say. Mm. You um, support us for the price yeah. of a uh, of McChicken. Of a McChicken, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in return, you get an exclusive podcast from us, The Sip. used to be the Suburbanite Insight podcast, but now we kind of tighten things up we're gonna we're gonna record one right after this so absolutely we're gonna be talking about uh well dip into some history some chinese history and uh maybe another pandemic you know and how life changed after that you'll have to join the patreon to see what we really talk about (laughs) could be none of those things you never know (laughs) um but the other perks you get are early access to all of our episodes early access to all of our videos uh pilot episodes that don't go anywhere else um, just lots of good fun stuff, and it's a good way to get a hold of us if you want to suggest movies that we should watch or, you know, just get in touch with the team. We're fun guys. Three wild and crazy guys. Fun guys. That said, Greg, 
Thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Master of the mix. Thank you so much. See you guys next time. Watchers, listeners, we see you, we hear you, we love you, and we'd like to say goodbye.